702 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533. And Collective Soul with Bax and Dangle and Rock 102. What a unbelievable couple of days. You thought yesterday was pretty nice? Today may be even nicer. Sunny and a high of 84. Tonight, partly cloudy and low of 50. For Thursday, tomorrow, sunny and a high of 91. 45 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. How'd you like $1,000? Sure. I got the keyword to cash coming up after 8 o'clock. I'll let you know what the keyword is for today. Could be worth $1,000. Give you all the details about that is if you don't know them already. Also, Robin Taylor Zander, the son of Robin Zander from Cheap Trick. He's got a brand new album out. He's been playing with Cheap Trick on the road for years. And uh, he'll be on the phone with us talking about his new album and about touring with his dad and his dad's friends. Can't imagine how much fun that would be. We'll talk to him after 7 o'clock this morning. That and a whole lot of other stuff, too. It's Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102 wants to know, what would you... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and Rat with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, sunny and nice today. High of 82. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 89. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Ah, 79-year-old Robert De Niro just had a baby with his girlfriend, Tiffany Chen. Ah, that's nice. And it also sounds like Al Pacino heard about her pregnancy and said... Hold my Metamucil! Because <laughs> he's got a girlfriend named uh, Noor uh, Alfala, who's eight months pregnant. Al's 83, Noor is 29. Just when you think I'm out, they keep pulling me back in. Now push! Yeah, push! Push! Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! <laughs> Al has three <laughs> adult children with... Uh, uh, Two with vacation actress Beverly D'Angelo and one with an old girlfriend named Jan Tarrant. Uh, Nor uh, previously cradled the wrinkly jewels of Mick Jagger. <laughs> all right, so she's got a type. She's got a thing. She's got a thing for, for old men. Is it old men or is it old, really rich men? Is that uh, kind of how that's going? That seems to be uh, the second part of the story, but... Uh, Think about that. What? He's 80 what? He's 83. Uh, yeah. 83. He's Al Pacino. 80, She's 80, 29. All right. He's 83. 50 years. How many? Who's going to go through more diapers? The baby or him? Probably the baby. I'm going to say him. Yeah. We, we've almost gone through two uh, Pearl Harbor lengths. Hey, honey. Where's my diaper genie? Hoo-ah! Well, where you go? Bring me over there. Get some pudding. Uh, yeah, that's oh, a, that's, that's a big age difference. Oh, that's, that's glorious. Fifty-two years or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Wow. Hey. Hey, yo, By the time that kid graduates college, he'll be uh, yeah. dead. Long, long well, dead. That's what I mean. It's like I understand that. I guess if you want your legacy to be carried on, but you'll never be able to give your experiences to that kid because you're so close to death. And I don't think your kid should go out. Think that the only memory of you 
is that scene in Scarface yeah. where you got that whole table full of uh, cocaine. of cocaine. Yeah. That that's not the image of dad that should be well in a kid's but, mind forever. But that's like any actor who's done something. I'm sure their children have seen them in weird positions and. Well, look at it, like Sharon Stone. You think her kids uh, want to see Basic Instinct when they go over to their friend's house? Hey! Yeah. But can you imagine your Al Pacino's yeah. kid? Yeah. I wish my dad were here to say hello to my little friends. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but but th- think about that. Think about a Sharon Stone. You think yeah, that her right. kids go- growing up were like, hey, you guys want to watch a movie? Hey! I was in there! Yeah. I was there, man. <laughs> You have no idea. Way before Michael Douglas <laughs> was in there. Uh, Giselle Bunchton <laughs> was photographed paddleboarding with Joaquin Valente, the jiu-jitsu instructor she refuses to admit she's in a relationship with. You don't go paddleboarding with anyone unless you're in a relationship with them. Yeah, a paddleboard would be a, a pretty intimate date, don't yeah. you think? That's why you and I have never been at a paddleboard yeah, together. Yeah, I'm never going paddleboarding with you. I ever. think it, I think it's too suggestive. Maybe uh, maybe hang some hang gliding. I'll, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. That'll do. But that's no, fine. Paddleboarding? That's too romantic. It's too intimate. <laughs> She's paddleboarding with this guy all over town, right? Yeah. And he's like... He's just like stuck in the friend zone <laughs> with Giselle. Should should I make my move now? I don't know what happened. She told me we were going battle boarding and uh, I tried to make my move. Nothing doing. I just be there as a good friend to her for you <laughs> tell her okay. through time. Yeah. Uh, just keep on waiting, Mean- pal. Meanwhile, five other guys walk through the door that night of the house and he's just sitting there. He's <laughs> he's the he's like almost like the cuckold uh, <laughs> jiu-jitsu instructor. Uh Pee-wee Herman is suing a guy who's selling memorabilia from the old TV show Pee-wee's Playhouse. He claims he only loaned it and now he wants it back. But the guy says Pee-wee gave it to him. So who's telling the truth? Well, if he wants any of it, he could go find it yeah. in the basement of the Alamo. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you want to take anything that Pee-wee Herman <laughs> came across sometime <laughs> in his lifetime. You know what I mean? Well, it's not like you're buying like uh, like the seventh row <laughs> well, of a movie theater. true, but uh, I don't know. Do you, you know, it's... When, when, when you find out somebody has a bad habit, you know they're doing it in other places, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, the shirt Kieran Culkin wears in Succession series uh, finale. I don't even know. I haven't seen the series finale yet. Have you? Yeah, I did. All right. Well, don't tell me what happens, but apparently he's wearing a shirt in the, in the final. I don't mean to be a spoiler here, yeah. but everybody in the show is wearing a shirt. Yes, but this particular shirt is sold at Walmart in the little boys section. Fans were quick to spot it, and it's already sold out online. I haven't seen it yet, so I... Well, yeah. he's, a, he's a very tiny and uh, diminutive man. So You know what I gotta do? I gotta reset up my Max HBO. Oh, yeah. Because they changed names yeah, like in, in the last month, and then so the person I'm piggybacking off of I now have to inconvenience them for their password. Yeah, doesn't that suck? Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I mean, why should you incur the costly expense of the new Max? Exactly. Uh, Maddie Healy from the 1975. You know them? 
the band? Uh, I remember them somewhere between 74 and 76. Well, I'm not going to. You know what? I won't even go into the story because it's not even worth it. You don't even know who it is. I I do, but it's okay. He, he thinks people uh, who are offended over his racist comments about Ice Spice are either deluded or a liar. He thinks people are pretending to be hurt to show how good they are for caring. All right, good luck with that. That's always a good way to build friends. <laughs> yeah, that's always a, always a good way to hide and bury your racism. And uh, Kim Kardashian says uh, she has her eye on someone special but won't reveal his name. She's being tight-lipped about it. Really? Yeah. She must have had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I was tight-lipped about anything was when Ray J shoved his fleshy Winnebango into my thinly shaved crotch crackus in that sex tape you could purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. There you go. Did you ever have the crackus ham? Yes. I've ordered thinly that many shaved. times. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> a little pineapple and a cherry on top. <laughs> Whatever got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once had a... Honey pot hoochie pop. <laughs> okay. Little tartar on the horizontal fish cake. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I got a pork a box of pork chop pea flaps from the Nether Meat Outlet. <laughs> Did you ever go to the Nether Meat Outlet? Is that the one that sells meat in the parking lot? <laughs> it does. Right out of the back of a truck. Under a tent. <laughs> Just give me your credit card. I'll call it into somebody. <laughs> That's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Have you experienced the good times at the yard? You know, the yard tavern. Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I've been thinking about it, and I've come to a new conclusion, and that is this. Thank goodness that both the Celtics and the Bruins are out of championship contention. Oh, sure. I would have found a way to enjoy it if they were, but since they're not, I feel compelled to find reasons to be happy about it. And so without blinking an eye, those reasons have suddenly emerged from the seeds of my discontent and despair. Yesterday, the Las Vegas Review-Journal reported the average face value of a ticket to see the Vegas Golden Knights face the Florida Panthers in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals will cost you approximately $350 apiece. But after the various fees have been tacked on, that same ticket will now cost you $1,200 a piece. The same seat for Game 7, if necessary, will cost you as much as $2,000 per ticket. Now, I don't particularly like sitting by myself in these situations, so compound that price to include an additional ticket, and now you're looking at spending entirely too much on a pair of tickets. And those are the crappy seats. Good seats at Center Ice will cost you nearly $7,000 per ticket, and that's nothing compared to the NBA Finals, where tickets in Denver could cost you an average of $2,300 and up to $9,700 for courtside seats. Add in the fees, and those courtside seats will cost you about $12,000 a piece. That officially makes this the fourth highest ticket price for an NBA final series in history. Why am I happy about this? Because with the Celtics and Bruin fa Bruins failing to live up to our glorious expectations, I see absolutely no temptation to purchase tickets to any of these price gouging events. Sure, I might feel slightly different if I cared about any of the teams playing in either one of these championship series, but I do not. And so, for this year at least, my bank account and credit card statements won't be bursting into flames the moment that StubHub asked me to complete my transaction. Instead, I might carefully watch these games at home for no more than the price of my regular monthly cable service, which is kind of a racket too. But at least I'm not remortgaging my house to do it. And that is why I'm delighted to be filled with such remorse. 
But hey, an FMI yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Stuff that you can make with your big green egg. Scallop potatoes, pretzels, meat pies, eggplant parm. I could have stopped just to say meat pies. You thought it was just a grill? Think again. These recipes and dozens more are on the Big Green Egg website. Wood charcoal fired the Big Green Egg from Rocky's is the pinnacle outdoor cooking. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. Springfield's Classic Rock. It's just about 613 in Led Zeppelin with Bax and Dangle on Rock 102. Going to be sunny today with a high of 82. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 89. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, next hour, we're going to talk to the son of Robin Zander uh, from Cheap Trick, Robin Taylor Zander. That's how you can tell him apart. Anyway, uh, he's got a brand new album out. He's been touring with his dad's band forever, hanging out with all his dad's friends, doing things with dad all the time. It's oh, like, man. It's like the courtship of Eddie's father every single day. Father's Day must be like, eh, you know, because you're with him all the time. Oh, I just want to spend time with you, son. Really? Uh, (laughs) Is that really what you want to do? You want to spend more time with me? I don't know about that. Maybe Uh, you should pay attention to your other kids. uh, So uh, I'm reading this article this morning about uh, Ludlow. Ludlow seemingly has uh, some problems with some books or a book policy, uh, okay. to be more specific about that. And I'll read you the uh, the article from Mass Live here. A resident of Ludlow brought a copy of John Green's Looking for Alaska to a recent school committee meeting in defense of a proposed book removal policy at the town's schools. Bella Soares read a passage. Ooh, Bella Soares. Isn't that the thing you get when you lay in bed for too long? No, Steve, you're thinking of bed sores. Okay. Uh, read a passage from the 2005 coming-of-age novel describing a sexual act into the record and uh, argue- which one? Well, they won't say. I I heard what it is. Is it a good one? It's uh the mouth thing. Mouth. Thing. Yeah, there are a lot of mouth things though. That's the thing. Anyway, and argued that such books containing explicit descriptions are not appropriate for the school's district's libraries. This is definitely pornography. Soros said, "I'm sorry to tell you all that." The debate about books in Ludlow School Libraries has brewed for at least the past four years, according to Soares, and a school committee member recently submitted a, po- a proposed policy that would allow members of the school board to vote on whether a book is allowed or not. Such titles as Smoke by Dan Valletta, People Kill People by Ellen Hopkins, and Burned, also by Hopkins, were stacked in front of the school committee member J.O. Diaz, who uh, introduced the contra book removal policy at the most me- recent meeting. Diaz said he got the idea of the book removal policy from Central Buck School District in Pennsylvania, which approved the policy last summer and is now the subject of a federal complaint with the U.S. Department of Justice. But don't call the proposed policy in Ludlow a book ban, Diaz said. This policy is not a book ban by any definition. If anyone <laughs> Just- claims it is, they are lying, Diaz wrote in a statement to Mass Live. Wait a minute. You're specifically stating which books can and cannot be read in a school. But it's not a ban. That, that, so what What do you call it? I don't know. What, I don't what, know. What is the definition? To me, like the ban would yeah. suggest that you don't want certain books in your yeah. school. That would be kind of like a ban. Yeah, that's a ban. Uh, the policy proposal drew a large group of parents and teachers at the May 23rd committee meeting with opponents and supporters clashing over the impact the policy would have on books available, particularly those about LGBTQ subjects. What does the policy say? Well, as currently proposed, the policy would give the superintendent or an appointed des- designee 
the responsibility of creating a list of recommended books. This list would be posted on the school district's website for 30 days to allow parents and other community members for a chance to comment. Finally, the superintendent would submit a final list to the school committee, which may accept or reject the list as a whole or in parts. Diaz, along with uh, the school Ludlow School Committee member Ronald Saleo, pushed for the book removal policy at the May 23rd meeting while other members seemed unenthusiastic about the idea. Yeah, because it's stupid. Stupid idea. Committee member Jeffrey Stanton compared the policy to micromanaging librarians employed by the district whose job it is to curate books in the school's libraries. Member Sarah Bowler said the district's librarians have the expertise to determine what books should be available to students. Yeah, I trust the librarian. That's the whole idea. They go to school for that. They have degrees and they study library science and all this other stuff. And (laughs) they... Age appropriateness. That's what it is. Sure. I mean, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, for example, uh, you know, I mean, every kid in high school has had to read To Kill a Mockingbird. You wouldn't give that to a five-year-old, but you could give it to a kid who's like 15, 16, 17 to read. But by the way, that would also be, if you want to you know, really dig down deep, that would be a classic piece of literature that would be banned based upon... uh, racism, uh, sexual assaults, and, uh, and and many other things. Do you want to take To Kill a Mockingbird off the list? Well, you see, th- this is the thing. When you start picking and choosing which, which books you want to keep in your library or not, how many other books are in that library that somebody could take issue with? Tons. That's what I Tons mean. Tons of books. That you don't even know what those titles are because... You don't. You're only, you're only harping down on titles that have been brought to your attention. Yes, it's three books that they gave an example of. What about all the? If you start putting in a policy of who determines what, then you might have regular books that has all have always been perceived as classics to be now out. You know what? Um, uh, I think might make a little bit of sense, but even even. Even now I question it, now that I'm thinking about it a second time. If you had a, a book list at the beginning of the school year, mm-hmm. and you sent that home to parents, and you said, these are the books we're going to read. If you have a problem with any of these books, let us know, and we will choose an alternative piece of literature for your kid to read. But now I'm thinking, okay, now wait a minute, who is really... That's just making more of a mess. It's making more of a mess, because yeah. how many parents can say, oh, yeah, no, I've read this or that or i can make a determination about what's offensive or not i never i don't remember half the books i read in high school i don't remember what was in all those books i never really questioned what books are in the library at my kids school like, no i don't either like, either it doesn't bother me like <laughs> what's in like, there <laughs> i don't like i don't my point being is if you start banning stuff like that then those learning things. Remember the ones I was telling you when we were 12 years old? We'd yeah. look in the National Geographics and see the naked ladies from the African tribes. You yeah. Know, you know. Or, we, or we'd look up you know, yeah. perf- you know, profanity. Yeah. Or the guy with the, with the, with the jewelry all over his, uh, his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, we all watch that. Right. But, but those, that, that would be considered, uh, that's pornography. I mean, if you're blanketing it under a, a book policy like that, a ban, which it is, if you're going to blanket like that, then those things would then be offensive and have to be blocked from students seeing them. 
I have a I have a certain moral objection to having somebody impose their moral objections onto me and deciding what is good for me. I think the only one who can determine what's good for me is me. Not you, not somebody else, me. The ultimate decision for whatever I want to read or watch or learn about or research is is my responsibility. This this part's good, too. Even as the book removal policy has met a legal challenge in Pennsylvania, Diaz argues that Ludlow librarians are currently vulnerable to legal action by parents who find books offensive or containing sexual content. You're going to sue your librarian yeah. at your kid's it, school? Is, is the school department going to in, uh, indemnify them when they have to go to court, or do you have to uh, take a librarian and their inadequate pay to defend themselves? <sighs> You know what? They're like facing a $2 million budget shortfall right now, and they're laying off teachers. But this, this is the thing <laughs> that's we really gonna, important. We are going to save so much money when we get that big, giant pile of books and set them on fire. There was all kinds of murder and deceit and violence what what was it uh, moving to alaska no it was the bible that was in the <laughs> library too what was a bible yeah. doing in a public school yeah. what kind of blasphemy is this it just seems ridiculous and, and we just need to drop that it's 622 with bax and nagel on rock 102 having a hard time with your mental health nagel on rock 102 nice day today sunny and a high of 82 more of the same for tomorrow with a high of 89 it is 44 right now in downtown springfield before you uh, you get into the joke uh, quickly i want to mention the uh, Baxi's musical podcast uh glenn matlock from the sex pistols is my guest this week you we talk about all kinds of things his new his new album called the uh, consequences coming we talk about that uh, mini series directed by uh, uh danny boyle called pistol <laughs> talk about him playing with blondie a lot of other great stuff and then uh, tomorrow, a special bonus episode, uh, producer-engineer Paul Wexler. He's the son of the great Jerry Wexler, the uh, guy that put signed Aretha Franklin to Atlantic Records. He's produced and engineered a lot of stuff, including Van Morrison, Bob Dylan, the Go-Go's, the Grateful Dead, a lot of other great stuff. Really interesting. And that'll be tomorrow. You'll find them all on uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on rock102.com. All right. You ready to laugh? I am. All right. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> Classic Rock. Yeah, well, I had uh, all kinds of jobs when I was younger. Really? I once uh, worked at a keyboard factory, and I was fired. Fired at a keyboard factory? Yeah, they said I wasn't putting in enough shifts. Yeah, see what I did there. Yeah, the keys on the thing. No, I, I must get it. Yeah, not no, have been pushing it. them down very hard. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. A cool start again this morning. One with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Big Y, your family market. Sign up today to save. With a big Y, with a My Big Y digital account, it's more than food. It's My Big Y. Visit your local Big Y today. Is local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. Police have located the body of a jet skier that has been missing in the Connecticut River since Sunday. The skier has been identified as 51-year-old Carlos Lopez of Springfield. They located his body around 1 p.m. Tuesday, a short distance from the accident in the Connecticut River in East Hampton. His body was taken to the office of the chief medical examiner. State police spokesperson David Procopio said there was a crash on Sunday around 7 p.m. 
between a jet ski and a boat. Officials from numerous police departments searched the river Sunday uh, through Tuesday, along with the Mass Environmental Police and local public safety agencies, for the missing jet skier. Personnel and equipment from a number of local fire and police departments, including South Hadley, Chicopee, and Northampton, both the Hampshire and Hampton County Sheriff's Departments, and state police all participated in the third day of the search. Uh, They spoke with the head of the state's underwater recovery unit about their strategy now more than 36 hours of the crash. They had the side sonar sonar going. They recovered the victim from the river. I'm not going to just go into exactly how they did that. But just know that they did it. Right. Uh, A teenager uh, drowned in a swimming pool in Feeding Hills on Memorial Day at around 11.30 p.m. on Monday. The Agawam Police and Fire Departments were called to a home for a report of a 17-year-old who was unresponsive in a swimming pool, Mm. according to a news release uh, sent uh, by Agawam Police. Crews attempted life-saving measures but were unsuccessful. The incident is being investigated by the Agawam Police Bureau and the Mass State Police Detective Unit assigned to the Hamden County DA's office. Uh, To... The Ludlow Police Department has arrested and charged two Springfield men with drug trafficking and possession. No one has been arrested for carrying a book, though, yet. Well, it depends on the book. Well, if it was that, uh, was it going to Alaska or whatever the hell? Yeah, it was? you, you I mean, Dad, you could. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll put the cuffs on you right in the moment you walk into Ludlow. According to the Ludlow Police, they conducted a motor vehicle stop of a Nissan Murano on Fuller Street on Sunday at about nine forty nine p.m. Police say that vehicle was suspected of multiple traffic violations. During the traffic stop, officers found that the Murano was not insured and that the registration had been revoked. Twenty one year old Hector Perez of Springfield was aware. He could not operate his vehicle without registration and proof of insurance, while Yoan Nunez-Diaz of Springfield was also a passenger in the vehicle. After searching the vehicle, officers found approximately 82.8 grams of heroin, 112 grams of crack cocaine, 37.5 grams of cocaine, a tramadol hydrochloride, for which Perez does not have a prescription. What is that, tramadol? Tramadol is a painkiller. Ah, a drum magazine for paintballs, small bags, and rubber bands was also found, along with an airsoft pistol, all valued at a price of $52,000. Esti- <laughs> Estimated cost of uh, defending yourself in court? $180,000 to be one hair on the prices right. Uh, I would like to defend myself for $500, please. Yeah. Chief Velada said he wishes to commend the police officers for their excellent work on this case. Street drug interdiction. (laughs) (laughs) Arrest of this magnitude certainly helped rid our community of illicit narcotics trafficking. Uh, Diaz and and Perez were arrested without incident. They're being held on $100,000 bail. You know, I don't know how many times we can state this, but a single day in the Steve uh, Steve Nagel College of Knowledge would have prevented this guy from even getting caught. Yeah. Because... It was an uninsured vehicle, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, uninsured. He Un- knew he wasn't supposed to be driving it. It says in the story he knew <coughs> he wasn't supposed to. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got a little- Let it out. It's all right. But uh, all yeah. There's pollen in the air, damn it. It's Go terrible. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you're driving, let's put it this way. If you're driving around in a vehicle that is not insured yeah. and you're in the town of Ludlow, there are lots of insurance agencies in the town of Ludlow for you to choose from. 
Yeah, actually, they're all on Center Street, I believe. They're all I think I've there. i like five different insurance agents. You, you, are right pro- you are probably pulled over no less than 200 yards away from yeah. an insurance company that could have insured your vehicle by the end of business that day. See, I don't want to name any of those agencies because I don't want to be wrong or single out somebody who might feel slighted that we didn't mention them, but there's plenty, plenty of insurance agents on Route 21 right in the center of Lolo. There's I, probably four that I can think of right a, now. At least that many. Yeah. Which just kind of shows you, this kid just wasn't thinking, no. wasn't using his brain. Uh, two people were arrested in Springfield for the alleged assault of a special needs student on Friday, according to uh, Ryan Walsh uh, from the Springfield Police. A, on Friday, 73-year-old William Kane and 65-year-old Judy Cuban were arrested for alleged assault of a special needs child that occurred on a transportation bus for students that have different types of physical, behavioral, and cognitive needs. A representative for the transportation company contacted the Springfield Police Special Victims Unit, after they reviewed footage from one of their vans, after detectives reviewed the footage and spoke with the victim, they applied for and were granted a warrant for the arrest of the van driver and van monitor, which were Kane and Cuban. William Kane of East Longmeadow and Judy Cuban of Chicopee are both charged with threat to commit a crime, assault and battery on a disabled person with an injury, reckless endangerment of a child, and permit injury to a child. The investigation is being conducted by the Springfield Police Special Victims Unit. That's something you didn't really think was going to happen. Well, no, you didn't. Uh, but, you know, listen, uh, being a bus driver is not an easy job, but it is not your job to be beating on any of the kids in the bus. No. I'm pretty sure no, that's, that not, that's... That's not part of the job description. No. A uh, Springfield man was arrested on Sunday for firearm charges after a shots fired incident. Shot, 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 everybody! <laughs> According to Ryan Walsh, officers received a report of a shot spotter activation in the area of Malden and Grand Streets at about 9.35 p.m. When officers arrived, they found two people immediately running away from the area. One of the individuals was arrested by police at the intersection of Oakland and Allen Streets. A large-capacity firearm was located under a vehicle not too far away from the arrest. Two shell casings were found on the Grand, on Grand Street but there were no reports of injuries or damage in the area. The suspect was identified as 20 year old Daniel Gonzalez of Springfield. He's been charged with all kinds of cool things like improper storage of a firearm and yada, 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 uh, discharging a firearm within 500 feet of a building. Mm-hmm. Oakland and uh, Grand Street? You s- I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, what- Oakland and Allen Street. Oakland and Allen. Yes. I'm aware of it. Yeah. I've been down that way I before. Ha- so have I. Yeah. Once. I've been down that way once. 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 Gonzalez was arrested in July uh, 2022 for possession of a large-capacity firearm. Oh, so this just goes along with what the mayor says about letting people out that have gun charges already and then getting another gun charge less than a year later. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, the determined criminal in Springfield is... uh, (laughs) One of these days, these guys are going to make it. Oh, these they are a tenacious sort. Yeah. Uh, Westfield police are asking for the public's help in identifying several people allegedly involved in a theft of a card reader at Taco Bell. According to the Westfield police, the individuals allegedly stole a card reader from an ordering kiosk at the Westfield Taco Bell on Monday, May 15th. Surveillance uh, photos show several suspects interacting with the kiosk. If you have any information, you're asked to contact uh, Detective Rick Mazza at, uh, at, well, here's his email address if you want to. Uh, you can look, look it up, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you can just look it up. But, uh, um, 
what, how did what, the the reader versus like uh, those little tiny ones that like sit on the yeah, right. counter somewhere? You know, or? This looks like it's the it's the or when you when you walk in and they have like the big iPad thing there. Yeah, where you push punch your order in. Yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like these two. Um, I don't know, broken youths, I would call. Uh, two uh, dirt bags, if you will. Well, I mean, that's, uh, well, that's they're a little, little strong. They're I mean, little you, dirt bags. I mean, it's, little... it's not like they you know, they took the reader and started you know, assaulting people with it. Yeah, and they, uh, the one kid's wearing a mask still, so at least he's... Uh, at least he's responsible. Yeah, well, then the mask is off in this picture. Is he wearing a mask on his face, or is that just his face? I can't really tell, but either way... They took the card reader, the thing that you put the card into. Right. And they just took it with them. So now there's a bunch of very hungry people at a Taco Bell not knowing how to order at that place anymore. Right. Right. And then there's a fake Taco Bell being set up somewhere. Yes. In some kid's neighborhood. He's taking orders. Well, I paid back there. I'm sorry. This isn't really a Taco Bell. <laughs> you have somebody pull up to the window. You could do this with cardboard boxes and everything. Yeah. 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 Oh, hello, I'm from Taco Bell. What do you want? Well, I'll take a couple of chalupas and uh, I'll, maybe a couple, a... I'll have a couple of uh, seven-layered burritos. Okay. I'm sorry, I only have enough layers for five. Okay, pull up to the second window and pay for your order. <laughs> and then they pay for the order. No, pull up to the first yeah, right. window, you pay for the order, and then they pull up to the second window. There's no food. There's not even a guy standing there. What you folks need to uh, understand, because you've missed this because it's on the radio, <laughs> yeah. as Steve is making uh, the impersonation of the guy who stole the card reader from the, uh, the Taco, Taco Bell, Bell yeah. he is putting his finger over, over his, his mustache <laughs> to conceal his identity <laughs> well, on the radio in which nobody can see his well, face. you never know who's watching. <laughs> you really don't. I know. The fact you're doing it, I think, is amazing. What if uh, what if somebody were to walk down here with a camera right now? I would be totally prepared, going like this. Hello. <laughs> My name's Steve. You know, I stand corrected. You're absolutely yeah, right. See, I don't you even know why I brought it up doing that. And then so they, they, they go through this whole rigmarole. <laughs> is it rigmarole or is it rig- how do you say it? I think it's a rigmarole. Rigor. Rigmarole. Marole. I just I just slur right through it, so I don't have to be questioned. Well, I, so you, you get through those rigmarole. There's no Taco Bell at the end of the line. He just he just took your money. Well, that's a ripoff. It's going right into his Venmo account. <laughs> Hey, where'd you get all this money for college? I did. I got it selling fake tacos. <laughs> that kid's going places. Yeah, he is. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be sunny with a high of 82. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 89. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. A cigar gives a man that. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock at 650. And Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It'll be a nice couple days. Sunny and a high of 82 today. Tomorrow, high of 89. It's 44 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm going to tell you this. After 8 o'clock, uh, mark my words, I'm going to do this on time. I will give you the next keyword to cash. Well, let's hope so. Uh, 8 o'clock, 11, 2, and 5. Someone could win a chance to win $1,000. Listen for the uh, the rock with the the uh, the keyword to cash. You enter that keyword at rock102.com before midnight for your chance to win. Play every weekday to increase your chances and it's a thousand bucks in your pocket. Uh, with any luck, maybe it's you. The keyword to cash brought to you by textmefortires.com. Kim Keo, the Nielsen team, Lillian Keller Williams and Rock 102. 
Springfield's classic rock. Did you ever have a post-concert amnesia? I uh, don't think I have. I've had a during-concert blackout before, oh, but I've that never I, had yeah. uh, post-concert amnesia. That I've had. I'm reading this story out of, uh, this is Time magazine, which I didn't know they still make anymore, but they do. Uh, yeah, that, Gary Rome's in it. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. It's the... Yeah, okay. I, I, don't, I just don't see physical magazines anywhere oh, no, anymore. It's, it's all digital online stuff. It's still around. But they still make the print version of that? They do. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Three days after the uh, Jenna Toctalian... Three days after Jenna Toctalian... Whatever. This Can girl named say, Jenna. Genitals? Jenna Tulls. Jenna Toctalian. <laughs> no, her name is Jenna. Three days after Jenna saw Taylor Swift perform at Gillette Stadium... She was still on cloud nine, but something felt weird when she tried to relive the memories. In her mind, where vivid specifics of the concert should have been playing on loop, there was just a blank space. Get it? That's one of Taylor's songs. Oh, I see. Yes. Post-concert amnesia is real, said uh, Jenna, who lives in New York. She got to hear her top choice for one of uh, Swift's nightly surprise songs, Better Man, and the experience still feels surreal. If I didn't have the five-minute video that my friend kindly took of me jamming to it, I probably would have told everyone that it didn't happen, she said. During the, sh- during the hour-long wait to exit the stadium, she started re-listening to the set list, asking her friends, did she really play that? How much of it did she play? Jenna then uh, chalks, up, chalks it up to sensory overload, and the fact that she had been dreaming about the big night for so long it was difficult to grasp it was really happening. Mm. It's hard to put together what you actually witness. He said, you have all these emotions while your favorite songs are playing, and you're like, wow, where am I? Uh, from Mar- th- This one, it resonates with this girl, Nicole Booz. That's her name. Right. Uh, of Gettysburg, who attended Swift's May 14th show in Philadelphia. Looking back, it feels like, quote, an out-of-body experience as though it didn't really happen to me. Yet I know it happened to me because my bank account took a $950 hit to cover the ticket. <laughs> That's when the reality yeah. strikes you. Oh, I was at that show. <laughs> so what's going on? For starters, people might simply be too excited, explains uh, Ewan McNay, an associate professor in the Department of Psychology at uh, SUNY Albany. This is not a concert-specific phenomenon. It can happen anytime you're in a highly emotional state. People getting married, for example, often say they can't remember their first dance or if their Aunt Josephine was there. As if the body's stress levels increase in response to exciting, distressing factors, the neurons associated with memory start firing indiscriminately. So, again, we get this straight. You spend $1,500 on a ticket, and you can't remember any of it. (laughs) Except spending the $1,500. Right. Actually, when you think about it, I can see with the brain it, when it's so stimulated uh, with the with like uh, with everything you know and the, the the noise the crowd the excitement of seeing anything that you've been dreaming of seeing mm-hmm. that the brain doesn't have any way to really process the whole under the, the whole undertaking so I mean in a way I can kind of see the brain doing that yeah so I mean but now that I'm thinking about it, if you ask me you know what what happened during the last concert you saw. Uh, I can remember having, having dinner before the show. Uh, I remember the uh, the last song, and then I remember going home. Everything in between is a little fuzzy. I remember, uh, well, the last concert I was at was that Kid Rock concert. 
and I had like 125 milligrams worth of edibles in me. Right. So, so uh, you weren't going to remember it anyway. I wasn't going to remember it anyway. I do remember him taking out an AR-15 and shooting up cans of Bud Light all over the stage. <laughs> He's like, here, replace this with this non-gay seltzer drink. <laughs> Because white claws are dudes, man. Real men. This is truly in your best interest. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, I don't. I don't really. I mean, I remember the show. I remember going to the show and experiencing. Actually, I thought it was pretty cool to watch Foreigner uh, because we had these great seats at the show. They were right next to the sound booth. That's like the perfect spot to see a concert, right? When you're like 26 rows from the stage and you got your right in the center or something like that. But uh, I don't remember probably <laughs> most of it. Yeah. Maybe because of the state I was in, but I don't know how, if I would remember it or not. Well, it's like, okay, here's a perfectly good example. I went to game one of the 2004 World Series yeah. at Fenway. Yeah, game one. Right. I have no specific recollections no, of things because, that happened during that game. Right, because you're all you're caught up in the excitement of actually being at a yeah. World Series game, right. which like you know that that's something that's like a sensory <laughs> overload thing. So it's like because you don't you want to suck in everything when yeah. you're looking around when you're sitting there, but you're not going to remember all of that. Stuff. I mean, I remember who I was with. Yeah, I, I remember going there. Right, but and I remember the flyover uh, that they had, which was pretty awesome, but. I don't remember what happened during the game, but I yeah. think they won that one. Well, see, this is uh, what these people are experiencing. You spend all this money on a ticket, and you don't remember a damn thing about the show other than, I paid for it. <laughs> this is so bizarre. Yeah, We're going to be uh, talking to Robert Taylor Zander, the son of Robin Zander from Cheap Trick. He's got a brand new album out, and he's been playing with his dad's band for years. So we'll get to that in just a few minutes. It's uh, seven, uh, 6.57 on Rock 102. Max's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, here's something for you. Remember the Kentucky Derby? Me neither. I can barely remember what I watched on TV last night. Never mind telling you who won a two-minute horse race three weeks ago. What I can tell you about is this. Despite the many thrills and rich traditions of the Derby, one thing is inescapable. Since April 27th, 12 horses have died at Churchill Downs. 12. Why has this been happening? I don't know. Perhaps those questions could be answered during some sort of investigation. In a remarkably unexpected moment of self-reflection and concern, horse racing officials will meet today, May 31st, to discuss why the sudden cluster burst of horse deaths are occurring at the most prestigious horse race track in America. Yesterday, the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority announced that an emergency meeting has been scheduled for today to review why two more horses had to be euthanized over the weekend and how they might be related to the death of 10 other horses who have died over the last 32 days. Well, let's see. You got 12 horses, an alarming majority of which were euthanized after sustaining devastating leg injuries. Yeah, I'd say there might be some sort of connection, but I'm not a member of a horse racing regulatory committee, nor am I sitting on a board that has to review itself. I'm just a guy who's sitting around thinking, hey, you know what? 12 horses being put down on the same track over the course of a month? I'd say that sounds like a rather intriguing coincidence. Listen, I'm sure that the committee that's committed to horse racing integrity and safety will get to the bottom of all of this. I mean, integrity is their first name. I just wonder whether anyone in horse racing can be trusted to police itself when there's so much money involved in this sport. 
This is a single racetrack that boasts more than a million, a billion dollars in revenue every year. Putting Churchill Downs on notice poses a substantial financial disruption to the whole industry. Nevertheless, putting profits ahead of the health and safety of these animals should never be tolerated under any conditions. Do they have the ability to correct it by themselves? Who the hell knows? But hey, and if my yappings was brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Have you been to Baxi's Backyard Pizzeria? Me neither, because I haven't built it yet. But with an uni wood fire outdoor pizza oven, I can be making pizzas all day long and feeding you those pizzas directly from that uni. Your grilling destination is at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 709 and the police with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny and a high of 83 today. Sunny and a high of 90 tomorrow. It's 47 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna say it. Do you, uh, do you realize that uh, one of my favorite albums of all time is the first Cheap Trick record? Really? I love that record. Was that uh, "I Want You to Want Me" on there? Uh, it may have been on a reissue as a bonus track, but no, it uh, it was not. But it's got uh, a bunch of classics on it. I can't stand that. It's uh, you know it's not one of their it's not one of their strongest songs. No, believe it or it's not. not. You've got the first two records. You go, wow. How come I don't know all these other songs? Uh, but his uh, but Robin Zander's son, Robin Taylor Zander, has been playing with the band for the last couple of years, playing uh, rhythm guitar behind Rick Nielsen and Tom Peterson, and uh, of course his dad. But uh, but Robin is uh, Robin Taylor Zander is a pretty good musician in his own right. He's got a brand new album out called The Distance, and it's available for purchase right right now. And on the phone list to talk about that is Robin Taylor Zander. Good morning, Robin. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, good, Robin. We had two uh, two telemarketer calls waiting for your call, and are like, "No, this is him." And then, <laughs> and then it's somebody trying to sell us Medicare. I, I, uh, so yeah. I don't know if you. Oh, I, I don't know if you're selling solar panels to us today, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. I'm calling from Florida, so I don't know if that makes a difference or not. The Sunshine State, but. Uh... Well, you're not. Uh, you're not unfamiliar with Massachusetts, that's for sure. You went to. Uh, you went to the school. Uh, school of Music in Berkeley, right? Yeah, I went for uh, yeah, I went to uh, Berkeley College of Music, um, my second year of college. Now, did uh, I mean I don't know how many uh, how many kids you went to school with whose you know father was a was a rock star, but I gotta believe there probably weren't that many. Uh, probably not, but uh, I did meet a lot of people whose families were musicians, and it was great. I, I love Berkeley. It was a great it was a great time to go. All right, so let me let me ask you this: you're you're on you're on you're on tour with Cheap Trick, and then you're writing your own album in between. Does your dad know any of this stuff? Yeah. Oh, he, he does. does. All right, <laughs> so it wasn't like I'm going behind your back, Dad, because I can write better music than you can. This is like to me, this is like stealing the keys from your dad's car. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows what I'm doing. I mean, I'm I live about five minutes down the road from him, and you know, he he drops by while I'm, I'm working on music. <laughs> Yeah, but, I get to show him stuff. Yeah, we were just listening to a, a, a of the a piece of the distance uh, just before here, and it, so tell me where where your influences come from? Because I, I, I see I, I hear a little bit of Cheap Trick, but I hear some other things in there too. Yeah, it's it's not really. It's kind of um, it's it's basically my uh, my record collection from when I was growing up. So all the '60s British Invasion music, the Beatles, the Kinks, the Who, the Stones. Um, that's what I grew up on, so and it was my dad's record collection. So I, 
as a kid, I kind of like picked through those records and played along to them. That's how I learned music. So Man, I'd all, say all, I started with that. Yeah, all these things you're doing behind your dad's back, and he barely knows <laughs> you're, he barely knows you're doing it. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he. You know, listen. I mean, when I came when I came to the you know conclusion that I was going to be a musician. Um, it was pretty early on, you know, like I, I got to see Cheap Trick uh, tour and perform live when I was a little kid. So I knew right away I was going to be a musician, uh, you know, of some sort. Being uh, being a musician in your own right is is uh, is, is fantastic. And the, and the fact that you've got this album out is really, really good. But when you're when you're growing up in this, it's it's not like much of this can be. A surprise to you so like with uh, so i think what in what i'm trying to get at is there's an advantage to that that maybe a lot of other performers may never have that opportunity to see what this is really like and you're not really going into this with any with any dispersions in your head you you kind of you kind of understand it yeah i've well i i grew up and i i was able to you know see how a touring band worked so that's an advantage right there i mean a lot of musicians go out and, you know, if, if you've never been around it and you get thrown into that, that kind of world, it might be a little, a little overwhelming. And for me, it's not, it's, it's like business as usual. Um, I've, you know, I'm familiar with a stage. I'm familiar with thousands of fans, um, uh, reacting to what I'm doing. So like, you know, that, that's, that's definitely an advantage. There's some disadvantages though, you know, just being anyone's son, you can ask them if you could just be anyone's kid who's popular in anything. Not just music, um, you and even if you you know don't share the same name, which me and my dad do, we're both Robins. But um, you know that can be a disadvantage because you're trying to make a name for yourself, and so there's there's give and take there for sure. Well, your your daddy's all right. He just seems a little weird. You see what I did yeah. there? Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. I do you, do you, see what you do did you, there? Do you, have, do you have to like recall the lyrics in your head when somebody speaks it back to you? Yeah, I do. Um, definitely, those songs are ingrained. You know, I mean, I've I've been playing them with them now for for since 2017. So that's six years. But I've been listening to them since I was a little baby. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I can't get away from that stuff. Yeah, it's always in the head. I mean, those those first two records, especially the the, the first ones, like some of my favorite records of all time. So I can't imagine. So so my parents trying to imagine going. You know, like. You know, take your kid to school. Uh, take your kid to, to work. Day is different in my family. Than it it is would be in yours. In yours. <laughs> and so I would, I would think that uh, you know, your dad may say things like, "Well, if you want to play tonight, you're going to have to, uh, you know, clean your room or you know, mow the lawn." You know, would, was there any kind of uh, you? Know, did dad have to be dad on the tour, or was he just another bandmate at that point? Oh, I mean, he's always dad, but, you know, my mom was the one handing out the chores, so, um, <laughs> so um, he, he wasn't the disciplinary, you know, uh, he, my dad's always been the same, you know, uh, he was gone half the year when I was a kid touring, so, um, you know, I spent a lot of time with my, with my mom and my sister at home, and uh, we'd go out and see him when we could, but when I was in school, I, you know, half the year, I didn't, I didn't really see him, so um, mom was the one handing out the, uh, to mow the lawn, do you know? Do dishes, clean the room, that kind of stuff, for sure. So the uh, so as far as uh, as your tour goes, that that's still being talked about. I don't know how, if you've gotten very far with that. I know Cheap Trick is going on the road, uh, you know, fairly soon. 
and is coming around to, I think, Bridgeport, Connecticut uh, is the, yep. the latest date that we've got here in front of you. But as far as taking your stuff out on, on the road, when do you expect that to happen? Well, um, I've got already. I've done about five gigs with this uh, band that um, is based out of New York that I'm using as my backing band, and I'm just going out as my as my name, Robert Taylor Xander. And uh, we've done almost a half a dozen gigs in that form, and we're going to try to do another half dozen here between now and August. Uh, it's just in between time when I have some time off from Cheap Trick. And um, if you go onto my website, robintaylorzander.com, you can check out my um, my tour dates and any any new news and information about what's going on in my life um but uh, yeah as of right now it's just uh you know filling in pockets of time that i have when i can uh, and hopefully uh, string together a tour um later this year the uh, the name of the album uh, from robin taylor zander is the distance he's going to be uh, on tour with his dad and rick nielsen and everybody else from uh, cheap trick and be in bridgeport on august 30th at the hartford Healthcare center uh robin it's great to talk to you best of luck with everything Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate no it. Robin uh, Taylor Zander with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's 729 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Aquatique Pools. Keep your pools sparkling all summer long with free water testing. 730 Union Street in West Springfield. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Arrests have been made in connection with a shooting that took place earlier this month in Springfield. Uh, Springfield Police Spokesman Ryan Wall said that officers responded to a shot spotter activation in the area of Acorn and Sycamore Streets in the afternoon of Monday, May 22nd. They arrived on scene and found that two homes and three vehicles were damaged by gunfire a short time later. An 18-year-old man was dropped off at Mercy Medical Center with serious injuries. That victim was taken to Bay State, uh, where he is listed in critical condition. An investigation by Springfield Police Homicide Unit reportedly found that several people arrived together in a car and began shooting at a person and or a home. The victim was then struck by one or more of the people with whom he arrived. On Thursday, May 25th, Richmond Amaco, 18 of Springfield, was arrested in connection with the shooting. It's alleged that Amaco drove the victim to Mercy Medical Center and fled the area before being questioned by police. He's facing charges, including assault and battery with a firearm. The investigation also led to the arrest of 18-year-old Priest Thomas of Springfield in connection with the shooting. Walsh added that uh, Thomas had two open firearms case and was outfitted with a GPS ankle bracelet as a condition of his release at the time of the incident. Well, at least you know where he is. Yeah, but if you've got one of those things, it might be uh, beneficial to you to not get in trouble. Yeah, again, these are all classes you can take at the Steve Nagel College of Knowledge. You know, you could do uh, like an entire semester's worth of uh, of teaching mm-hmm. on just the GPS ankle bracelet alone. Yeah. You know, what you want to do and not do. Like, I knew a guy who had one, okay? And, uh, you know, he was allowed to move around the city, but he had to be home by a certain time. Uh, and, uh, and in fact, I saw this, I'm not going to mention names, but I think this guy knows who I'm talking about. Uh, I saw him, uh, at the uh, student prince one night mm-hmm. and I said, Hey, how about I buy you a drink? He said, I would love to. And then he pulls up the cuff of his pants, but I'm on my way out. Ah. And I'm like, understood. Cause it was at that yeah. point, like, you know, seven 45, he probably could get home in a good 10 minutes. And, uh, and you know, those are the kinds of practical things where this guy has now learned his lesson and the ankle bracelet is, uh, not just a delightful accessory. It's a timepiece. Do I know this person? Not personally. Oh, okay. Was it a white collar crime? 
probably. Yeah. I don't know if I would call it so much that. Yeah. You know, let's just let's just put it this way. He had been involved in a lot of extracurricular activities that may have led to his downfall from time to time. I always wanted to date a chick with an ankle break, ankle monitor. Yeah. GPS. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, she's tagged. <laughs> she's tagged. It's okay. We know who. But you know, she's a naughty girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's she's right. Very yeah. naughty. Yeah. She knows. She knows her way. Uh, you know. With, oh. With some burglary tools, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, I yeah, do, she, yeah. She, she you like to be burgled, huh? Yeah, she knows how to use that Slim Jim to get into your car, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she'll jack that Ford probe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know cut, what I'm saying. Cut your catalytic converter off in 2.6 seconds. Now that's a woman. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this guy's arrested now, and now he's in jail. So there you go. Uh, Western Mass News was in the courtroom as a Springfield middle school teacher faced a judge accused of indecent assault on a minor. Robert Gale stood before a judge in Springfield District Court yesterday afternoon and charged with assaulting one of his students in a classroom. Prosecuting attorney Clarissa Wright with the Hamden DA's office outlined the case against Gale. Says She says his victim was a student at STEM Middle Academy in Springfield where Gale teaches. One allegation is that he asked this individual to come to his classroom and then at some point he pushed the victim and then began kissing the victim on the neck. Uh, This occurred on a number of occasions, Wright said. She also detailed claims that the victim's mother noticed marks on their neck, which is is how the case came to light. Additionally, the mother told investigators Gail attempted to contact the victim and blocked him, but added that did not stop him. His defense attorney, Trevor Maloney, uh, making the case that his defendant served in the Navy and was planning to retire this January. Well, that should just negate everything. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you know, uh, yes, he's accused of these horrible things, but he's set to retire. He was in the Navy. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. No one cares anymore. Well, they're saying that Mr. Gale suffers from PTSD and depression, and PTSD is really uh, some yeah. stints in his Navy service. You know, there's a lot of people that deal with PTSD and it's a uh, it's not it's a horrible thing, uh, you know, to have to manage that. But there's a lot of people out there with PTSD who don't do this either. You know what I mean? You are absolutely correct on that, Steve. And you yeah. know what? Uh, I'm pretty sure that um, they not only don't commit those things, but they never even consider it. Yeah. Yeah. There is now a cash bail set for two hundred thousand dollars. Gail is ordered to stay a hundred yards away from the victim and have no contact with people. Under the age of 16 and less supervised. Yeah, well. So much for that teaching degree. Too bad, huh? Uh, two suspects. What a, what a victim that guy turned out to be. Well, yeah, PTSD. You got to give mm. him some, yeah. some leeway. Uh, two suspects, including one who was wanted in Vermont, have been arrested by Springfield police. Spokesperson Ryan Wall said that my best friend's sister's boyfriend's girlfriend heard from this guy. He's dating this girl that the police responded to the 400 block of Franklin Street on Monday for a gun call. I guess it's pretty serious. Sounds that way. When they arrived, they detained 20-year-old Jonathan Nazario of Springfield on Columbia Terrace. They then detained 22-year-old Hennessy Matos of Wilbraham near the intersection of Liberty and Tracy Streets. Hennessy. Oh, like the drink. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That, That's a great first name. Yeah. Hennessy. Henny. 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 We call him Henny. Like, maybe was was that Henny Youngman's first name? Maybe. Hennessy. Makes you think. Uh, investigators reportedly found a purse that had been discarded that came more than $5,200 in cash. A purse. He was carrying a purse. It's a man satchel. $5,200 in cash, 14 grams of cocaine, marijuana, and a loaded gun. 
That's a nice uh, sized uh, handbag you have yeah, there, sure, madam. <laughs> well, what kind is that? A Louis Vuitton? <laughs> no, it's a Smith and Wesson. <laughs> <laughs> Both Nazario and Matos were arrested on several gun and drug related charges. Walsh added that Nazario is a fugitive from justice in connection with the 2022 attempted murder in Bennington, Vermont. Oh, so he's known to the area. He's gotten himself around. Yeah. The Northampton Fire Department has now revoked their cease and desist order for the Bombix Center, which prohibited music events at the center. Bombix Center for Arts and Equity is located on Pine Street in Florence. As of last Friday, the organization is clear to hold concerts and performances. Western Mass News was told that Bombix management and other city leaders sat down for a meeting about moving forward. For those unfamiliar with the matter, the Northampton Fire Chief invoked a cease and desist order after responding to a noise complaint at the facility earlier this month. Based on observations like live music and alcohol on the property, the chief determined they were operating a nightclub or similar activity and that they must install adequate automatic sprinklers. But when Western Mass News spoke to the leaders of the organization, they told us the room is used for multiple purposes, including religious services involving music, and they say the city knew about ongoing plans to renovate the building, including the installation of sprinklers, leaving them confused. Now, uh, so here's here's the thing. Uh, people are complaining about the noise, noise, noise. Among those uh, committing the most amount of noise are uh, uh, guitar player Leo Cottle, uh, acoustic guitar player, uh, Iris Dement and her uh, soulful, uh, beautiful songs, and uh, Ricky Lee Jones, who, as you know, cannot uh, play below 11. No, can't. <laughs> These are so loud at the bombics that you just wonder, like, how can people even... You even think straight. I, I keep singing Mr. Boombastic in my head every time I hear the bombics. You know what? These people are right to be com- complaining. Do you realize that on June 23rd and 24th, the bombics is going to have the Wicked Loud New Directions Cello Festival? Oh, what? Oh, my ears. Oh. They're melting. Stop with the cello concert. But, Steve, there's always room for cello. Yes, there was, well, not in Florence, there isn't. Well, apparently not. The, keep, uh, it, keep that cello music down. People uh, are trying to work here. The commencement ceremony for Amherst College took place on Sunday morning. Its ceremony included speeches by the school's president and other graduating seniors, Ukrainian human rights lawyer Oleg Sandra Matichuk. The head of Ukraine's uh, Nobel Peace Prize winning Center for Civil Liberties also received an honorary degree at the ceremony. Uh, Matt Chuck, along with uh, six other influential leaders in the arts, biotech, uh, higher education. But here, here's the real part of the story. Forget about all those accomplishments by those uh, you know people. Harrison Ford was spotted there this weekend. You know, it happens a lot. You know, he uh, comes into town from time to time, and apparently, his plane was parked at Barnes. Really? Yeah. The Millennium Falcon <laughs> yes. landed well, at so, Barnes. Somebody messaged me over the weekend. They're like, Harrison Ford's plane's at Barnes. And I'm like, "Did he? is he walking around going, get off my plane? No, he was actually encased in carbon and yeah. uh, waiting to be sold to Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, I wonder if he was having sushi over at the restaurant over there. They have a good sushi restaurant in the Barnes airport. At Barnes? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's actually pretty cool because you can sit there and watch the planes take off and taxi and all that other stuff right while you're sitting there at the municipal airport. So it's all the private planes. Air Airport sushi? Really? 
it's actually a very good. I don't even know the. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, sushi Barnes Airport. Where I know. I'm, I'm. I'll listen. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'm not to. You it's know, an not... actual sushi restaurant. It, okay. You, see, you're thinking of. You're thinking of that pre-made sushi, like in the case at the at the next the place next to Sabaros at the airport. That's yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's that's not what this is. This no, is, I, Tobiko. I, Tobiko is the name of the place. It's actually really really good. All right. Um, speaking of sushi, my friend comes over the house yesterday to wish my kid a happy birthday. Yeah. And she's like, uh, "Hey, I got this sushi from Aldi's. You want some?" And I go, "What?" And it was this like, it looked like a frozen dinner. It was a box of, uh, it was like a California roll or something in there. All right, well that's okay because there's I, no fish in a California roll. Yeah, yes there is. There was a, it was crab. It was like a California roll with crab. It was like that imitation crab meat. Yeah, that's okay. Is that really fish? That's not really fish. Raw fish. fish right. Raw fish. I don't know. There's just something about the idea of sushi in a in a in a grocery store. That doesn't make sushi. It'd be like you know, like like gas station sushi. Yeah, I would, ne- I yeah. would never in my life. I don't. I don't care if it's a sushi chef right there no. in the gas station. I, uh, I, I'm not a, not a, not a fan. Yeah, and that. I, I love sushi. Make no mistake. I she, love it. I love she it. It's like here, you want some? And I go, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, I don't want any of that. Holy disgusting. Only if there's a botulism appetizer before. Yeah. A number of restaurants in Springfield are the latest recipients of the American Rescue Plan funding, and the money will be used to improve the city's outdoor dining scene. Uh, As temperatures start to rise, people in Springfield may want to take their meal outside of the restaurant this summer. Mayor Dom Dom announced that millions of dollars will go to restaurants across the city to expand outdoor dining. More specifically, 17 restaurants will be splitting $2 million in American Rescue Plan funds. Dom Dom says the funding will help make cities downtown a more vibrant and foot traffic filled destination. When I'm out and about and I see people at the outdoor dining, uh, people absolutely love it from near and far coming to the city of Springfield, mm-hmm. the city of homes. Now the city of home fries. You can sit out and eat them there on the sidewalk if you want to. <sighs> well, it's great. That's good. That's good yeah. news. I don't know how you are. <laughs> if, if I'm given the option. For dining indoors or outdoors, yeah, I always go indoors. It depends on what kind of day it is. If it's like super hot outside, I don't want to sit outside. Yeah. Or if it's super cold, I don't want to sit. It's got to be like weather like this, like it has been yeah. the last couple of days, like a dry heat. Yeah, you know yeah. that, like like room temperature yeah. or slightly better. But I don't like sweating while I eat. Yeah, but it depends. I mean, if you go on like a busy Friday night where you know the restaurant. M- inside may only hold 50 people let's just say a number yeah well now you can add 20 more people outside uh, which makes uh you know you can you can sit down faster well that's they listen, can I, turn more people i i i think the idea of having the outdoor dining makes a lot of sense and uh like for example you know there's a number of places that that did it like Nadim's has got that uh, that patio area yeah. outside, which is wicked cool. Yeah, you know, the fort's got if they close off Fort Street, they got that whole area. Yeah, that's cool. That is pretty neat. Yeah, but uh, given the choice, I'd rather go outside. I mean, you, I'd rather go inside. Why don't you go eat this food outside? And you, you're gonna be happy about it. <laughs> it's a bright sunshine day. Unless you want the lights out, I can take care of that too. Mass Live has got the uh, the whole list of those that uh, 
that received the award for this uh, this stuff. So that's oh, cool. I didn't see you. Who's on the list? City Line Cafe, Student Prince, uh, The Boil, White Lion, Hot Table, uh, Nadim's, uh, The Bid, uh, Granny's Baking Table, Osteria, Theodore's, Uno's, Hilton Garden Inn, Nathan Bill's, The Mamu, Loophole Brewing, Two Guys Pizza, and uh, 1441 Main Street. No Applebee's on there, huh? Applebee's is not yeah, surprisingly on the absent. List. Surprisingly absent. Surprisingly so. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 82. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 90. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. With all the new entry doors on the market, it can be difficult to choose the best fit for your home. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Jesus. Stop it. Stop it. Ah, God. Enough. It's uh, Enough. 751 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's uh, going to be uh, it's gonna be a nice couple days. 82 today, 90 tomorrow. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, in just a little bit, we will uh, give you the next uh, keyword to cash, your chance to win $1,000. That's coming up just after 8. Well, before you hear that, how about you hear this? Now hear this with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, somebody determined that the term Karen is like a racist term now. Racist? Yeah, because you're uh, you're singling out uh, like white women who are complaining. Yeah, I don't I don't see it as a necessarily purely white women. No, because there are many many people of all different kinds of ethnicities that can be just as yeah. annoying. Well, somebody filmed a Karen screaming uh, unintelligible stuff at a Starbucks staff, and the employees don't seem to know why she's upset. By the way, this happened last year, but now it's going viral. <laughs> so we could finally hey, hear this. What is she? I, I have no idea. She kind of. She sounds like uh, Stan's sister from South Park. You know the one that's got the braces on all the time, talking like that. Hey, I'm gonna take this crap from me. When it, nobody even can understand what she's yeah. saying. And, not and, even, and yeah. She's not even presenting a, uh, a coherent argument. That's right. What's really? What's she ang- angry about? I don't know. It, Starbucks does weird things to people. It, makes you really upset. Must be the different <laughs> names for I know, things. I know some people uh, take out their aggressions in the bathrooms at Starbucks. I've seen that happen. I'll have an extra large. It's called a Trenta. Get it right. A Maryland man who worked as a garbage man as he made his way through uh, classes at the University of Maryland has graduated from Harvard Law School. Wow. Here is Rehan Staten talking about his journey through law school and graduating. Just different types of poverty, right? There was like housing insecurities, food insecurities. Uh, a lot of times we didn't really know like where we were going to be able to keep our home. There will be some days in which I just didn't have time to get to the shower and just change my clothes. 
and so I would kind of sit off to the side because of how I was dressed and yeah. <laughs> that was very uncomfortable but we made it work it's nice to be able to say that we finished this things are on an upward trajectory we made people smile through it I'm just excited wow well there's there's hope for Billy the trash man after all <laughs> yes Yes, there is. Well, we can get him through the, uh, what was that Sally Struthers uh, school that she used to promote? Um, it wasn't DeVry Institute. It was, was the, the ITT Technical ITT Institute. ITT Technical Institute. Yeah, we can get him through there, and uh, he could have a success story too. <laughs> Local guy. Perfect. A Canadian bakery owner uh, finds herself laughing after watching the security camera footage of a thief breaking into her business. Here is the owner of Something Sweet. Her name is Emma Irvine, laughing as she gives a play-by-play of the ridiculous break-in. Kicked the door in, walked around, sat down for, you know, a, quite a long time. He realized, I guess, that he had made a mess, and he grabs a mop in a mop bucket and goes to try to, like, clean up all of the glass from the door that he kicked in. After he's cleaned up as much as he can, he walks out with six cupcakes and goes on his way. And, you know, it turned it from this, like, kind of not-so-great experience to some of the best laughs I've ever had. I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. Yeah, it's so funny when somebody breaks into my business that I worked so hard for (laughs) my entire life. Oh, man, laughter is the best medicine. That is great. I I once got really drunk at it, well... One, one more, time? Well, it was more than one time, but it was this one particular time where I uh, was staying at a place, and I I walked into the kitchen of the hotel and started eating the desserts that were in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of these uh, one of these hotels yeah. that uh, we were all staying at, and uh, I went down. I was hungry. Uh, it was... Well, it, it couldn't be helped. It could not be helped. Yeah, I, had, I, I, like, I had to get something. You don't want to go, go to bed on an empty stomach. But I kind of wonder what happened the next day when they went to go serve that stuff to the people who were going to be eating brunch at that particular restaurant. Well, I'm sure it wasn't the only thing they had. No, I mean, they probably they, had plenty but, of things to serve. Somebody probably said, "Well, whose giant bear paws were inside of these uh, these custard cakes that were sitting here? <laughs> whose was that?" If it's any kind of restaurant at all, they got more than one custard yeah, cake. We checked out of the hotel before anybody could ask any questions. Smart, and it was in another state, so it really doesn't matter. They'll they'll never. What's the statute of limitations on stealing a custard pie from a kitchen in a hotel? Twenty five, thirty years, oh, probably no more it. than that. I shouldn't be saying anything. <laughs> Uh, and Ed Sheeran hit up a brewery in Atlanta where he played some songs and covered the bar tab for an hour. See, that would be kind of cool. Right. That's good. Here he is surprising people as he worked behind the bar and then hit the beer garden stage. Oh, right, I'm going to go in and play a song. For one hour, drinks are on me. Oh, how? Dancing with my eyes I didn't need to hear this part. Uh, come on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Doesn't your inner badly packed kebab tingle when you hear songs like that? <laughs> come inner, on. Badly come packed on. kebab. Oh, no, yeah, uh, no, I a don't. A little tingle in the squish bitten back. No, you don't hear that I, when you I, hear an Ed Sheeran song? I, I really don't. Oh. I really don't. You should let me hear. Let me belt out some Galway girl and see if you feel differently after I'm done. No no need. You're, uh, well, I'm not going to give you the forecast again because I just gave that to you. Hey, that's uh, Now Hear This at 757 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. I want to know what.
And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I've been thinking about it, and I've come to a new conclusion, and that is this. Thank goodness that both the Celtics and the Bruins are on a championship contention. Oh, sure, I would have found a way to enjoy it if they were, but since they are not, I feel compelled to find reasons to be happy about it. And without so much as blinking an eye, those reasons have suddenly emerged from the scenes of my discontent and despair. Yesterday, the Las Vegas Review-Journal reported that the average face value of a ticket to see the Vegas Golden Knights face the Florida Panthers in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals would cost you approximately $350 apiece. But after the various fees have been tacked on, that same ticket will then cost you $1,200 apiece. The same seats in Game 7, if necessary, will cost you as much as $2,000 a ticket. Now, I don't particularly like sitting by myself in these situations, so compound that price to include an additional seat, and you're looking at spending an entirely too much a bunch of money on a pair of tickets. And those are the crappy seats. Good seats at center ice will cost you nearly $7,000 per ticket. But that's nothing compared to the NBA Finals, where tickets in Denver could cost you an average of $2,300 and up to $9,700 for courtside seats. Add in the fees, and those courtside seats could cost you up to $12,000 a ticket. That officially makes this the highest, the fourth highest ticket price for an NBA Final Series in history. Why am I happy about this? Because with the Celtics and, Celtics and Bruins failing to live up to our glorious expectations, I see absolutely no temptation to purchase tickets to any of these price-gouging events. Sure, I might feel slightly differently if, I, differently if I cared about the teams playing in either one of these championship series, but I do not. And so, for this year at least, my bank accounts and credit card statements won't be bursting into flames the moment that StubHub asked me to complete my transaction. Instead, I might casually watch these games at home for no more than the price of my regular monthly cable service, which is kind of a racket too. But at least I'm not remortgaging my house to do it, and that's why I'm delighted to be filled with such remorse. But hey, enough of my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Here are among the many things that you can make with a big green egg. Cakes, scalloped potatoes, meat pies, pretzels, so much more. You can check out the Big Green Egg website to get all the recipes and all kinds of ideas, plus the wood-fired charcoal deliciousness of a Big Green Egg. Available now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield. Rock, ah! rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 810 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny and a high of 82 today. Sunny and a high of 90 tomorrow. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, I promised you at the very beginning of the show that I was going to do this on time. Mm-hmm. And I am. Uh, it's time for the keyword to cash. $1,000 keyword. Today's keyword is the word. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Spend. That's spend. S-P-E-N-D, as in, I would like to spend $1,000, or I'd like to spend the rest of my day hoping to win $1,000. All right. Go to the Keyword to Cash contest page on rock102.com. Enter the word spend. Your chance to win 1000 bucks. You have until midnight tonight to enter in that word. Uh, good luck to you from your friends here at Rock 102. Uh, do you have anything around your house that you have modified uh, because it's either broken or it's not, it doesn't quite work the way it used to. 
I uh, like mod- like your own modification that's not really intended the way that it was supposed to be. <sighs> yes. I, and uh, and I this happened years ago now, and I have never fixed it. But uh, I did I did try to do a fix on it. Okay. Uh, I smashed a uh, a sliding glass window Ooh. W- uh, with my uh, lawnmower. Ooh. Kicked up a rock, yeah. smashed it. Smashed it. Uh, it's all still intact, but it's yeah. all you know a million pieces. And I took a oh, because it's like safety glass, and it's all still stuck together. All still stuck together, <laughs> yeah. and I took uh, you know big long wads of very very powerful masking tape, yeah. and uh, put it all over the thing so that it would still hold together. Okay, in case anything ever bumped into it, uh, uh, God forbid. Yeah. And to this day, f- four years later. It still holds. This is a good topic to take calls on. If yes. you have something at your house. What have you ever done that was stupid? Because this is what I'm getting at. So I I have this washing machine, right? Yeah. I bought this washing machine maybe nine years ago, right? Okay. And uh, it's a pretty good washing machine. It's a, an Electrolux. Ooh. Yeah, Those yeah, are yeah. the good ones. And uh, it's a front loader. You put your load in the front. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's got... So it's got the it's got the front load thing on it, and then it has this drawer where you open it, you push the button in the drawer. This is how it's supposed to work. You push the button, and it like a spring loaded thing. The drawer pops out, and then you have your little compartments: one for your uh, detergent, one for your uh, your bleach, bleach, one for your fabric softener, right, and then right. something else is in there. I don't know, sanitizer. I don't know what the crayons could be. Yeah, yeah, you can put right. anything you want in there. So, uh, so I had this thing, and then. Somehow, I don't know how, last year, the front, and I'm guessing it's because I have two kids in the house, but I'm just saying, yeah, uh, the front door of that drawer popped off, right? Okay. Making the, the, the tray almost inoperable now because it needed that button. It was like a plastic button that pushes another thing in there. I couldn't figure out how to get the thing back on. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, this thing just needs to stay closed, but it's got a spring-loaded action thing to it, and without that front cover, the button's not going to latch it. What can I do to hold this thing in there? So I took a screwdriver and I shoved it in the side. So when the, uh, you know... Problem solved. Problem solved, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't look great, but you know what? It still works. It's your washing machine. And I'm not buying a new washing machine over the fact that, you know, this thing is... Uh, you know, just broken. With yeah, it's not, it's not destroyed. It's just a little piece of plastic fell off. So then uh, one day I get sick of, I get sick of putting this screwdriver in here. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fix this thing today and I'm going to fix it right. So I put it back on. I finally figured out how to snap that cover back on the front of the tray. Okay. And how long was this uh, screwdriver in place? Months. Months. Like uh, five, six months. Okay. Right? So I yes. finally, like two months ago, decide, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put this thing back on, and boom, we're back in business. We get the the washer just like it was nine years ago when Perfect. I bought it, right? Perfect. So I, uh, I, I do this thing. It's not working. It, the drawer keeps popping out. But now you don't have a place to shove a screwdriver in there because now you have the cover that's covering the thing. Uh-huh. So I've uh, I've been using this roll of masking tape. I was just going to yeah, say yeah, that. Right, right. Masking tape. So the problem with the masking tape is, or any kind of tape, because it really doesn't work well on the machine. You can, 
So, so it was like this debacle uh-huh. of, of all of this tape, like because whatever the material the the washing machine is made out of, mm-hmm. or whatever that gloss is that they have on the material, yes, tape doesn't stick to that very well. So See, when I, you I, put I, the tape on there, it lasts for a couple of minutes, and then. Boom, the thing shoots out because it's got the spring in it again. All right, when I use that roll of masking tape to fix my uh, my, my sliding yeah. glass door, yeah. that tape lasted for months, and it was exposed to the elements. Right. Now, you have to – now, I'm just I'm, – I'm telling you this yeah. as a friend, and, and, and I'm, uh, you need more than one piece. Yeah. It can't just be, like, one long piece of masking tape. you gotta you got to, like, do, like, you know – 15, yeah. 16 pieces of masking tape. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's what, what you this, did. That's what this and is. And it still wouldn't hold? It, it held for wait, a little yeah, while. Like, yeah, but like after, dollar, dollar store quality it, uh, masking tape? It's not even, no, it was uh, no, it was painter tape from the bone deep throat that I purchased uh, several years ago. That, uh, yeah. that, are you kidding me? So, uh, well, I mean, maybe I could, I, I did try duct tape, but that still had the same effect. This stuff is just still sliding off the top and this drawer keeps popping open. Bungee cords. You thought about bungee cords. Yeah, I tried to bungee cord, and I'm thinking, I just need to keep this damn drawer shut. Uh, so then I, what I did uh, yesterday, I popped that door off again, and I went back to the method of using the screwdriver that faithful. sticks out of the... Yeah, yeah was hey, a, that a, was a the original fix. It was the original fix, and but it's just like, this is my life. Like, like, like there's no... like. There's a lot of things in my home that are modified yeah. to have been fixed because either I'm lazy or it's just too costly to, to fix right now. Listen, like, I'm not buying a new washing machine. I don't need one. There's nothing wrong with the washing machine other than the fact that that door won't yeah. close. It's like, I, like I, there's like uh, some electrical work that needs to be done in my house. Mm-hmm. And it's been uh, needed for five years. <laughs> I've... I've uh, yet okay. to. I've yet to. It's not like I don't know electricians. I do. I just don't want to pay any of them to fix like minor things. I want. If I'm going to hire an electrician, I want at least one big major thing to do. Yeah. Not a bunch of little tiny dinky things that that he could do. I want. I yeah, want. You want to spend thousands of dollars. You I want to make spend... it worth everyone's while. Right. Right. Yeah. I bet you you could find a professional out there that would take your money. I'm sh- of course, but, but I'm. I, but that also, yeah. There's other things to think to consider. But uh, I'm sure that other people have things around their homes that they modify in order to. Sure. You know, it's the the other thing that I had going, and I have a picture of this, which I'll have to share at some point. But a couple of years ago, I I actually I, I bought this house, and and you know, there was a there was things that needed to re- be repaired. Of course, right. So the sink. I wanted to replace the entire kitchen sink, right? Not just the faucet, because the faucet was starting to leak. Well, first it was like a little piece of that flex tape stuff to to keep the water from coming out. And then as more leaks sprung out of the faucet, (laughs) it just became like uh, other people who were coming in my house were putting like a baggie over the top of it to kind of keep it contained with Uh rubber bands and all that stuff. And it was just this monstrosity that I was so irritated of living with, yet I was just waiting for the guy to come overcome his COVID uh, thing and so he could come and, and put the thing in. Right. But I lived like that for months with this, like, 
these bags over the thing. Like that that's just the way I live. Yeah. No, I get it. I listen. And I wonder how like when you go over to other people's homes and they're all like clean and they're all like everything is perfect. Like how do you have the time I to don't, do I, this? You and I are cut from the same cloth. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, we couldn't fix anything. Other, but other than by accident, because you just happen to have a screwdriver. Right. But God forbid you need to sc- that screw same screwdriver for any other job around the house. Um, it, you know, you, you, when I see someone who's got a home like that, yeah, for all the things that they've done to fix it and make it look great, there's a there's a jealousy and an awe that yeah. I have. I wish I had that kind of skill and i wish i had that kind of patience to, to and make, time to make everything look nice yes nothing looks nice in my house uh, like it's, everything is just like you know uh just eh, there's just stuff everywhere eh, and it's because i got two kids and i like i just don't have the uh the effort to want to make that better like, you know i just does, like there's so much stuff going on during the day that eh, i hate to break it to you yeah it, that's not going to change when the kids are adults and not living in the house anymore that's what i mean it, it, this is just the way you are i guess so because it's the way i am i gotta be living like this yeah for the rest of my life my, i'll have to lock my trash up in the bathroom so my <laughs> dog doesn't eat it my, my, <laughs> my kids uh, rarely ever come to the house yeah. i haven't done anything yeah, I like how people come up to me like, man, you've really done a great job. You really got your crap together. Really? Have you come over to my house lately and seen <laughs> Steve, the- Steve, how come this toilet yeah, doesn't yeah, flush? How, yeah, why is the toilet <laughs> leaking? And why? Oh, you, oh, you need to, That's why I got that coat hanger thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean hot is cold and cold is hot? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, it's just the way we do it around here. It's 821 with Bax and Nagel on Rockwood Oats. It's classic rock. It's 827 and John Mellencamp with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be a really nice day today with a uh, with a high of, uh, oh, man, what did, I, what did I do with that? I guess Dan Brand will tell you what the forecast is. It really doesn't matter what I do? Or not. Um, no, it doesn't uh, doesn't really matter. I, Tomorrow on the uh, the show, uh, it'll be you and Marty Caproni. I'll be oh. out Thursday and Friday of this week. So, oh, hey. Uh, Hey, that'll be that'll be fun. Well, I'll actually have a good show to listen to for the next two days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I said uh, yesterday, I think uh, regardless of what happens here tomorrow, you'll uh, you'll feel my absence. Uh, People might want to actually listen to this program. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? You know why I do those squat workouts every week, Bax? Because I'm carrying this show for the last time. Oh, months. really? Is, yeah. that, is that a fact? Oh, I used to carry uh, an extra body, but that one fell off. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how Steve Nagel yeah. lost 200 pounds. There you go. That's it. Yeah, it wasn't just a Peloton. <laughs> we have news next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. A cool start again this... 831. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Police have located the body of the jet skier that had been missing uh, since in the Connecticut River since Sunday. The missing jet skier has been identified as 51-year-old Carlos Lopez of Springfield. Police located his body around 1 p.m. yesterday, a short distance from the accident in the Connecticut River in East Hampton. His body was taken to the office of Chief Medical Examiner. State Police uh, spokesman David Procopio said that the crash was on Sunday around 7 p.m. between a jet ski and a boat. Officials from numerous police departments searched the river Sunday through Tuesday, along with mass environmental police and local public safety agencies for the missing jet skier. Personnel and equipment from a number of local fire departments, including the Hamden County Sheriff's Departments and State Police, all participated in the third day of the search. Uh, th- yeah. 
Springfield man was arrested uh, Friday for uh, alleged sexual assault charges of a minor. According to Ryan Walls, 60-year-old Robert Gale Sr. of Springfield was arrested Friday around 1 p.m. on Naismith Street. A school resource officer received information that a victim had allegedly been assaulted several times. An investigation into the incident over the last several weeks found Gale suspected of sexual assault charges. He's been charged with uh, aggravated statutory rape of a child, indecent assault and battery on a person over 14, and aggravated indecent uh, assault and battery under the age of 14. The Springfield Police Special Victims Unit is investigating. Uh, Westfield police are asking for the public's help in identifying several people allegedly involved in the theft of a card reader at a Taco Bell. According to Westfield police, well, I was going to say, finally, a lighthearted story. Yeah, I know. There's all these horrible things. Terrible. I was just going to go into that story about the guy dying under the Green Line train in Boston. Oh, it, it, you have to have a fluff piece like this in between. Uh, according to Westfield Police, the individuals allegedly stole a card reader from an ordering kiosk at the Westfield Taco Bell on Monday, May 15th. Surveillance photos show several suspects interacting with the kiosk. If you have any information about the suspects, you're asked to contact uh, D- Detective Rick Mazza uh, with his email here. I can read that whole thing. Or you you, you could, or, or people could look it up. I mean, uh, did, this, uh, did this slow down the... The process of ordering food for everybody else in that Taco Bell. It doesn't look like there's anybody else in that Taco Bell at the time that these two. I mean, there could be. I'm only seeing screenshots, but there's several screenshots of the entire restaurant, and it doesn't look like anybody's in there but these uh, these two punks. You know, this is why we can't have nice places. Yeah, you know, like a Taco Bell. Yeah, you know, it's like if you're going to abuse the facility. Then you should you shouldn't even be going to a Taco Bell. It's not your kind of place. No, you know. But for the rest of us who love the Taco Bell menu from top to bottom, you know, this is very very inconvenient. You're taking away our ability to order our food without having to have human interaction with the other people. And I got to tell you, you know, that's not with how the system operates anymore. No, it's not. I, you can't go to a Taco Bell and not steal the card reader. Where can you go? You know, if I were going to steal something out of a Taco Bell, you know what I would steal? Tacos. I would steal tacos, but I would think I would steal uh, the nacho cheese sauce. I would steal queso by the bucket load. Oh. Oh, would you now? Yeah. I've never said this publicly, but queso is actually my favorite beverage. That cheese doesn't belong to you. It's nacho cheese. <laughs> yeah, ah, you see what joke. I did there? Yes. Hold on a second. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah. Uh, two people were arrested in Springfield for the alleged assault of a special needs student on Friday. According to Ryan Walsh, uh, on Friday, 73-year-old William Kane and 65-year-old Judy Cuban were arrested for an alleged assault of a special needs child that occurred on a transport bus for students that have different types of physical, behavioral, and cognitive needs. A representative for the transportation company contacted Springfield Police Special Victims Unit after they reviewed footage from one of their vans. You know, good on the bus company for doing that. Mm-hmm. Huh? I Going know. back and looking to see what happened during the day. I know, but that kind of thing should never be happening <laughs> on a bus. Because that's the unfortunate piece of, like, if you didn't have anything on document, that is basically one of these, well, he's got special needs. He doesn't know what he's talking about. We didn't hit him. We didn't do anything to him. Without that proof, now you have the proof. Which uh, makes me wonder. Yeah. I mean, the bus driver knew that, that everything was on video, right? Yeah. Then what? What? What the hell is he doing? 
I don't know. I there is some these um this mugshot of this couple is uh, I don't know if they're a couple. I think they're just coworkers. She's bald. She's bald or balding. Well, I mean, when you look at the initial um I don't know why this isn't showing up showing up now. Uh William Kane and Judy Durbin. Mm. Or Judy Cuban, sorry. They she's like she has she's bald and then he's got like facial hair and stuff. I I don't know if she's yeah, like I don't she, I don't think they're a couple. No, with well they're they're cohorts. I guess you could say. Well, in in this situation, do you yeah, see the, do you see their picture though? Yeah, no, I I, uh, I saw it yeah. earlier. She uh she she's very bald. I don't know if that's from a medical condition or something. It, or is her hair pulled back very far? That's, maybe that, that's, you know, maybe she that's has it, it up in a bun. Or a, it, right, yes. But, but it looks like she should have his hair. He should be bald with the goatee. He's got hair and a goatee. Hey, she has no hair. Women can be bald just like men. I know a lot of women who are bald. Bald, bald. She kind of looks like Dobby. From uh, from uh, uh, Harry Potter? Yeah. Really? I don't know about that. A little bit. With the, you know, the, the Is that mug. why she was on the bus? Because the bus driver gave her a sock? Yeah, probably. Now he's got Hogwarts from her, and, uh, you know, that's that's what's going on there. Uh, according to lawmakers, evictions are up in the state, and with housing prices being as high as they are, residents have few options. Last week, the Senate passed eviction protections in their budget aimed at helping both tenants and landlords. The Senate passed its fiscal year 24 budget last week, and within, uh, and w- within it was a few policy changes. One amendment seeks to make a pandemic-era pandemic pandemic era policy permanent. permanent. Yes, Chapter Two Fifty Seven makes Two Fifty Six look like a a notice. Yeah, but they're gonna be really disappointed once they hit Two Fifty Eight. Chapter Two Fifty Seven is an eviction prevention program that requires an eviction to be put on hold if the tenant has an application for rental assistance. Evictions that could be paused but are only evictions. For non-payment of rent, courts would be involved. They would have to make the state aware of any uh, suspended eviction case so pending applications for rental assistance could be expedited. Senator John Velas, who sits on the Housing Committee, believes this helps tenants and also strikes a balance with landlords who would then be able to get their rent paid sooner. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to keep people in their homes wherever they be, whether it be homes, apartments, or anywhere else, but we need to be mindful of the fact that there's small landlords that, again, this is a critical part of their livelihoods, so ensuring they get the money. Yeah, you know, he's talking about people who just, like, own a couple of homes and right. rent them out. <clears throat> these big ones, like the absentee landlords, the one that own these big buildings, and then you never hear, uh, right. or you only hear complaints coming out of them, you never hear anybody actually fixing anything. Those but, seem to be the people that don't really give a crap. But you know what? I mean, I this is one of the reasons why I, I, I never want to be a landlord. I mean, I understand financially how, you know, owning real estate can be a great thing, but I would never want to be a landlord. When you have someone who needs to be evicted or you're not paying their rent or you're violating policies or whatever, it's really hard to evict somebody. Yeah. Real hard. And, you know, now that you've had all of these accommodations for people who may not work or be able to pay their rent on time and you can't evict anybody because of, of COVID, 
I don't think it's going to be any easier to evict someone just because they've relaxed the rules. It's still going to be a very complicated process, especially if you know someone is causing damage to the place or not paying their rent. Well, that's the thing. Good I luck. Mean, you know, there there's protections put in place because there are scumbag landlords out there. Yeah, that but, will do that. But, but there's, there's also good landlords that happen to have scumbag tenants. And that's the thing. And that's what you just said. I would not want to become a landlord. I knew this guy from years ago, and he he owned a home. And he had an apartment upstairs, and this it was a it was a couple that moved in. Yep, they were great for like the first three or four months, and then all of a sudden they just stopped paying the rent, and there was nothing he could do about it. It took him almost two years to get them out of the apartment. That's exactly my yeah. point. And you know, if you're a landlord, you're going to wind up spending more money to fight that in court, in housing court, than 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 you would have gotten. You know, in rent, it's you can really find yourself in a tough spot. Uh, do you have trouble spelling a certain word? Sometimes that yeah. you need to like a, like a word that you always have trouble uh, spelling that you need to always constantly check for. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of words that that uh, I I do that with. Well, there's a there's a list of words out here. Uh, Google Trends revealed the top word each state can't remember how to spell. They came up with look with them by looking at searches on how to spell blank or whatever it was, and uh, a few of them are kind of tough. For example, shenanigans in Michigan, miscellaneous in New Mexico, embarrassed in Kentucky. How many times are you spelling out the word shenanigans? Uh, I spell shenanigans all the. I talk like an old man. <laughs> I do, I do. When I like, I I, t- I talk to people like I'm like I'm 75 years old. Right. When you're talking to those rap scallions. Yeah. Those yeah. Rap scallions and the what's a whoosies and the the thingamabob yeah, and the widgets. Yeah. Kindergarten in Minnesota and professional in Wyoming. But a lot of other words uh, we should be able to spell. The one for Massachusetts is etiquette. Oh yeah, that's a trouble. That's that's trouble for me. I know how to spell that. How do you spell it? E T I Q U E T T E. Not even close. Yes, it is. It's E D I C C I T E E. Mr. Keyword of the Cash of the Day. Or That's whatever. right. The only reason I spelled that correctly is because they make me. People in Kansas can't remember how to spell Tennessee. Other nine letter words uh, we struggle with include beautiful, efficient, and etiquette is one of them. Seven and eight-letter words dominate the map. North Carolina can spell awesome. Missouri can't spell February. Iowa can't spell Thursday. And Arkansas and Illinois can't spell tomorrow, which is also Thursday. Actually, tomorrow is Thursday. Oh, you're right about yeah, that. How about yeah, about that. What are the odds? Uh, Alabama can't spell daughter. <laughs> well, I thought it was spelled wife down there. <laughs> uh, North Dakota can't spell science. Right. Uh, New York can't spell quarter, Texas can't spell pyramid, Idaho can't spell sentence, and Nevada has a real problem with the word problem. All right, I guess that's kind of interesting. <clears throat> uh, two states struggle with four-letter words. Colorado can't remember how to spell ally. Uh, yeah, that, that can be uh, challenging. And, and Mississippi... Mississippi... <laughs> Can't even say it right. Mississippi keeps Googling how to spell gray. Gray is more common here. Gray G-R-E-Y or G-R-A-Y is more common. G-R-E-Y is how they do it in the U.K. 
Yeah, but see, you know, in, in today's uh, society, if you misspell something, chances are your cell phone or your or your laptop is going to identify it before you send it. Not always. Not always. I've seen people do many different spelling mistakes with the there and there and, you know, the grammar portion of that or different things that you're trying to say. My my voice, I hate, I do voice to text a lot. Yeah. Which I hate sometimes because it doesn't always, it picks up, the, it says things that I didn't even say. I, I almost never use it. Yeah. and But that can be the lost in translation, too. Yeah, that could be. Well, I don't know. Well, make sure you know how to spell etiquette. Because you're Googling Please. it all day long anyway. And I haven't uh, seen any bit, one bit of etiquette coming from you anyway. <laughs> uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today. Going to be sunny with a high of 83. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 90. It's 56 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.50. And Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, sunny with a high of 83 today. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 90. It is 55 right now in downtown Springfield. That's uh, That seems like, how is it possible that it's going to be 90 tomorrow? But then it's like, not tomorrow's uh, June 1st, yeah. so that's the exact day it should be 90. Yeah, but some days, I remember, like, uh, I don't know, it was about five years ago or so, I'm wearing, like, a thick sweatshirt in the middle of June because it's New England, and it was, like, pouring rain outside, and the high temperature was, like, 45. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so you can never tell. You can never tell. Around. No, there's, there's no way to uh, there's there's no way to know for sure how things are going to be, but 90 seems to be. Yeah, 90 seems to be. A inex- little hot. Inex- a little, little bit much. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. So. Anyway, uh, so you're not going to be here for the next couple of days. No, I'm not. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to my. Uh, if you can believe this, <clears throat> my 35th college reunion. Oh God, you're old. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I 35 am. Five years ago, Thir- you graduated college. Well, so here's so here's the odd thing about it. I didn't actually graduate 35 years ago. Yeah. Uh. I'm going to this reunion because these are the people I started college with. I decided that it was probably not proper to learn too much too quickly. And so it took me five and a half years ah. to graduate. So in so while this is my the class that I went to school with for four years, mm-hmm. there's also another class <laughs> that I could go next year if I wanted to and maybe the year after that. If I really wanted to, I guess I don't. So I'm going to go with this group of people. I don't. Uh, I don't know if I made enough uh, relationships in college mm. to warrant me going to a reunion for one. Uh, how shall I put this? Yeah, I made a spectacle of myself for five and a half years. Yeah, so I knew plenty of people. All right, and so five years ago, when I went to the thirtieth reunion, I kind of thought, well. You know, I mean, how many people are going to remember? Turns out I remembered uh, a ton of them. Wow. And they remembered me. More remembered me than I remembered them, if you can believe that. And a couple of years ago, I told this story. Uh, I was, it was during the pandemic, and we, we there was a, a couple of people who decided to have like a big Zoom meeting with a bunch of like former Marquette students. Mm. 
uh, and all and all uh, all like all communication students. That at, sounds at Marquette. like that sounds like before they invented fun because it's not. Well, it it really it, in many ways it was disturbing because I mean there were some people that I'd seen like my old college roommate was there, so mm-hmm. you know that was cool, and you know so and so it was probably a group of like twelve of us, and the the guy that started it he said, well you know for those of us who don't remember everybody. Uh, tell us who you remember and, and uh, maybe a, a story that you might recall. Yeah. Well, all 12 of these people, I think I knew, like, I could I could identify 10 of the 12. There were two I didn't know very well. Uh, but they all had a story about me, and every one of those stories started off as, I was out drinking with Bax one night. Yeah, so you got a reputation. Yeah, and there was, like, one member of the faculty that was in involved in this, one Marquette professor and his recollection was i was out drinking with Bax one night and it's like it's like wait a minute this is my reputation here this is like this is all you remember is like you're is you you guys drinking too much and i happen to be a part of it did it ever occur to you that maybe they just invite you to these things to make them feel better about themselves like god (laughs) look we're mildly successful but this loser over I know, here. I, 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 I considered yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I, I did know, run like through you're, that. You're, like, you're the little punching bag. <laughs> little punching bag backsy. Punching backs. Yeah. I, I've always considered the the, the, the the outside possibility that when I'm talking to people who I haven't seen in years, that most of what they're giving me is a bunch of baloney. Like they're like, it's it's either, they're either lying about themselves or they're lying about me. They're just lying about everything. They are. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to trust these people. No, you shouldn't. Barely trust them, uh, you know, 35 years ago. Can I trust them now? Yeah. I don't know what's happened to them in 35 years. So are, is it like, uh, are you going to like a hotel or uh, like it was so, like a... Friday night, uh, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow's my travel day. Friday night, there's a uh, there's a big party. A reception. Big reception. And, uh, and so that whole class will be there. And then on Saturday, there's like a... There's another, like, there's like a block party mm-hmm. that they're having. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then Sunday's my uh, my day back. So, you know, I get, you know, like two real, f- you know, like two full days. Were there any famous people that graduated in your class? In the class, not at, when you were going to school there. In my class, I'm trying to remember. There's some people that have done really, really well. Yeah. I wouldn't call them famous, but I would call them like wildly successful. Well, you should get your uh, your pictures taken w- with them. Yeah, well, we yeah. we could uh, we could do that. It's uh, eight fifty seven with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two.